When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 92 of the College Loop Podcast. That means we are now just eight episodes away from the 100 episode of the Loop. No tar today. He is dealing with a doubleheader on a Monday, so that's disgusting. But we are here with Dan. I am here with Daniel and Colin. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, just you know, excited to be back in here, ready to get rolling. And Colin, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, I thought I thought yesterday was Monday for like half the day, so it's like it's Tuesday for me now. So I'm ready to roll. <laughs> Already in the Tuesday mood. But yeah, uh, in case you were wondering about today's show, uh, it has been a completely dead period since at least uh, the last recording of the show on Saturday. So it's Sunday and Monday went by with absolutely no news surrounding the Auburn Tigers, really. And nothing's really going to happen until Thursday, where we're going to be previewing Big Cat Weekend and, of course, Theoretical Thursday. So if you want to have your Theoretical Thursday uh, idea mentioned on Thursday's show, leave it in the comment section below. But... For today's show, we are going to start with previewing Ole Miss and then stay tuned for the end of the show where we're going to do a little game show, see see which one of y'all know the most about the Auburn Tigers and the, and, and the pros. But let's just go ahead and start off with the Ole Miss preview as Auburn now goes into this season with, a, I believe, a 4-2 and two record uh, following a two-lot two, – Two-game losing streak to the Georgia Bulldogs and the LSU Tigers, the both defending uh, divisional winners of the SEC in the la- in the at least the next to last year of the divisions that is. But Auburn is going to be playing host to the Ole Miss Rebel Black Bear Land Sharks, whatever they're going by these days, whatever they go by that week, and they are coming off of a bye week before they play Auburn. So, Daniel, start with you. Just initial thoughts about this game, uh, way ahead of it, but just thinking about what how Auburn can perform against Ole Miss right now. Um, you know, obviously it'll be a big day for Hugh Freeze. Um, first matchup against his former school. Um, so there's some excitement there for sure. Like you said, Ole Miss comes in off the bye week. Um, I'm kind of curious as to how like Auburn will be looking at this point in the year. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, for Auburn, um, this comes off a brutal three-week stretch of Texas A&M on the road, Georgia at home, and LSU on the road. So um, I fully expect Auburn to grab probably – I think Auburn will go one and two over those three games. Um, so Auburn will be looking to bounce back likely after losing to LSU the week before. So, yeah, I think it's – it's definitely a winnable game for both sides um, at this point, at least. Obviously, that changes on a dime, but 
I don't know. It's just one of those like very intriguing games. It just makes you feel like, huh, I'm interested to watch that one. And yeah, this is and for Ole Miss going into this game, they just got down done playing six straight weeks of football, playing Mercer, going to Tulane, Georgia Tech at home, at Alabama, playing LSU at Vought, and then Arkansas before they get a bye week ahead of the Auburn Tigers. In a season where they are going in with a three-man race for the quarterback battle, kind of like Auburn, but I think the difference is Auburn went out to the portal and got one quarterback. Ole Miss went out and got two, and I don't think either one of those two transfers are going to be starting. Uh, at least from what I'm hearing, I think Jackson Dart's going to end up winning the job, which for some, I, I don't understand why you go out and get a guy who – has one year of eligibility left from Spencer Sanders, and then you get Walker Howard. The I got the Walker Howard would make sense just to give just to give Jackson Dart a backup, but Spencer Sanders just doesn't make any sense to me. He just doesn't. No, um, I know a lot of people wanted him to come to play Auburn. Um, but I, I was pretty surprised when he picked Ole Miss. Um, and it's not like Jackson Dart had a bad year last year. At all, um, Jackson Dart was one of the better pieces of that Ole Miss offense. A little inconsistent with times, but that's just part of the course when you have a true freshman starting quarterback. So I think that Jackson Dart will win the job, and I think he'll lead the Rebels on a solid season. I really do. Yeah, and you look at Jackson Dart's uh, performances last year. He played. I heard this best from Brandon Walker of the Unnecessary podcast. He played. He played good against. He played good against bad teams and bad against good teams. Was was it? how he described Jackson Dart. And I think that makes sense. Uh, I just don't think that he was very consistent. And I think it was kind of understanding and the Ole Miss offense that Quinshawn Judkins, who is going to be your player to watch against this playing Ole Miss, was the guy who led the charge against every team. And they really didn't need to pass the ball. And I'm not real sure. I'm trying to remember who exactly was their wide receiver last year that caused Trouble. Mingo. Jonathan Mingo, the Carolina Panther, as you will, uh, is now gone. Malik Heath is gone. And, I mean, the biggest pickup from the transfer portal for the Ole Miss Rebels was, of course, Zachary Franklin, the star wide receiver from the UTS Roadrunners. UTSA Roadrunners. There we go. But, I mean, looking at the defense, can you – they went out uh, – Lane Kiffin went out and got Pete Golding. Alabama's old defensive coordinator, a DC that you have only heard nothing but bad things about from Alabama fans for the past however many years he was there at Alabama. And Saban basically kicked him out. And Lane Kiffin picked up uh, Nick Saban's sloppy seconds, which I'm sure he really much enjoyed doing that. Uh, and I just don't think Pete Golden can fix an. A, he could. He ruined Alabama's defense. What are the odds that he can fix? Ole Miss's defense. And Colin, I'm going to ask you that question first. Um, not high, admittedly. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's kind of – he was run out of Bama. And I'm not going to sit here and take what, like, a Bama fan thinks as, as, as truth. But Pete Golding did not get it done there. Um, I believe they've got some good transfers coming on the defensive line, so maybe he'll bolster uh, that front up. But just from, like, a schematic standpoint, it's – it didn't look like it went well at Bama. <laughs> no, it did not. Uh, and I, the transfers, I'm trying to remember all the ones from the defensive line. The first defensive line that comes to my mind is J.J. Pegues, 
for some reason, and I only know that because he was, you know, the former Auburn fullback turned Ole Miss defensive lineman. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying, just looking at the transport as I'm typing. Completely, completely random, but I saw him on like a, a big hits highlights like a couple days ago, and I thought it was crazy. It's crazy to me how like massive he really is. Like I remember whenever he was at Auburn, I saw him at Chick Fil A one time, and I'm like. This dude should not be able to move as fast as he does. And, like, he was a tight end at Auburn. And I, you see how big he is, and you're like, yeah, I, I get why he's a D lineman. This is definitely the position he should be at. And he's probably the most athletic defensive lineman on the field at any given time. But, again, just no one his size should be moving that quick. But I'm just going to go through some transfers that – some of the bigger transfers that uh, Ole Miss picked up. Uh, John Saunders from Maryland, cornerback, four-star. Uh, picked up Monty Montgomery, the four-star linebacker from Louisville. Uh, you got Zachary Franklin, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, a few other guys, I think. But a lot of these guys, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw this out of the way real quick. I just want every Ole Miss fan to realize out there, Auburn did not offer Spencer Sanders. Auburn did not offer Spencer Sanders. I just let me look at the camera and say that. Ole Miss fans, Auburn did not offer Spencer Sanders. Y'all just pay too much money for him. Money that surprisingly y'all had uh, after spending way too much money on Lane Kiffin after <laughs> after uh, Auburn dodged a Lane Kiffin sized bullet. And sorry, my monitor just went off for a second. That was freaky. Uh, but I think the key for Auburn this in this game is going to be stop Quenchon Judkins. And the primary factor for doing that, we talked about it last week when we talked about stopping Jaden Daniels is going to be the linebacker core. It'll be pretty much the same idea here. And you're going to be looking towards Austin Keys, the former Ole Miss Rebel, to stop Quenchon Judkins. And you're going to need someone else in that, in that linebacker core to step up right next to him. But I feel like the defensive line can do it. Daniel, am I, am I wrong in thinking the defensive line can shut down a – uh, what what is a pretty good Ole Miss offensive line? I'll give them that. Do you think this defensive line can rupture that and hold Quinchon Judkins to at least under 150 yards? Um, yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, they'll definitely have to work it out for him. He's one of the best backs in the game. Um, very 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 good. Uh, tore Auburn a new one last year, which the whole Ole Miss offense tore Auburn a new one last year. Three 100 yard rushers for the. First time in Auburn football history since at least 1960, I think I remember seeing. Um, so, yeah, under 150 is a – it's a realistic goal, but still a challenging one. Um, and because defensive line is just one of those positions that I feel like a lot of Auburn fans believe that it could be really good, it could be really bad. So, we just need to see it. And that first – those – first three games of the SEC schedule will really go a long way into me deciding whether or not that's realistic. Yeah, and you also look at the fact that, uh, I mean, Zachary Franklin, what he did at UTSA was nothing short of special. I mean, UTSA definitely has been one of the best Geo 5 teams over the past three years, and Zachary Franklin was definitely the best player on that team. And after Auburn got Shane Hooks and flipped him from Ole Miss, they went out and got the UTSA uh, wide receiver, and what looks like is going to need to be DJ James to lock down a, another number one corner a week after he has to find a way to lock down Malik Neighbors, and a week after he's going to have to find a way to shut down Dominic Lovett or Ra Ra Thomas. 
uh, and just uh, very, very, I can even go a week above that too. Just uh, whatever, uh, whatever A and M wide receiver is going to be covering because they have they have three a three three man deep wide receiver core at Texas A and M, but no one to throw it to them uh, or call the place for them. Uh, but did James is going to have to really lock down Zachary Franklin. And after him, I mean, I think Jordan Watkins is okay, but I don't think he nearly stands up to what Franklin does for this offense. But on the Auburn side of the ball, you were lucking out after having to play three very, very tenacious defenses in A&M, Georgia. You got a bye week, but then you also had to play LSU after that bye week. So you kind of luck out in the fact that this defense is definitely a a large step back from those three. And you can kind of hope that you can run the ball. And this is going to be a game where you're going to need all three of your running backs to really help. Because if the other team's going to be running the ball, you got to run the ball because that's going to kill a lot of clock. And you kind of expect, uh, I'm expecting Robbie Ashford to start. So that kind of helps my case with the whole running the ball. But uh, Colin, just like, what does Auburn offense need to do against Ole Miss defense to, to, beat a team with top 10, top 15 aspirations? Uh, score some points is what they're going to have to do. Um, I think we've touched on this. I think Ole Miss has the potential to somewhat run all over Auburn in this game. It could turn ugly. And so it's just going to be keeping up with that, taking taking advantage of this Pete Golding-led Ole Miss defense that we don't know anything about yet, but taking advantage of this down Ole Miss defense and just – after all these weeks of getting punished by LSU and, and Georgia, just going and, and scoring points, taking the stuff you learned against the, the other iron, iron sharpens iron, and, and take it away. And you also look at the defenses led by Pete Golding. And starting off the uh, 2010s with Alabama having Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt, who is another is a funny name to mention nowadays, Alabama was known for their aggressive uh, pass-breaking, interception-getting corners. But as as the years have progressed, and Pete Golding has definitely led the charge in this as the defense coordinator, the Alabama's pass coverage has taken a severe hit in how it has been one of their weakest parts of their defense over the past few years. And now you go into a, a you go to a team with significantly less talent at the defensive back position than Alabama has. And you expect the Golden to immediately fix those issues. Is there a chance, Daniel, that Auburn can find a way, no matter who starts a quarterback, to throw the ball all over a Ole Miss defense? Yeah, I, I definitely think there is. And the thing is, like, the Alabama defense was in a pretty good shape when Pete Golding took over. The Ole Miss defense is not. And just seeing how far down Pete Golding took the Alabama defense makes me really wonder if he's capable of building one anywhere, like at this level. So I think that the Ole Miss secondary is going to be pretty bad. And I think that will allow Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford or Holden Garner or Hank Brown or um, a walk-on, if it comes to that, to um, – You bring up Sawyer Pate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring in Sawyer. Yeah, that really helps Auburn again. Stole Shane Hooks from Ole Miss. Uh, got Nick Mardner from Cincinnati. Kept Camden Brown on roster. 
you got uh, hopefully a healthy Jair shoulder by this time from North Texas. I know he's dealing with some injuries right now. He's not really going to, I don't know if he's going to be a real factor at the early parts of the fall camp, but hopefully we'll be back around the time the season begins because he's going to be a guy that uh, whoever starts a quarterback is going to really look to uh, down the field. But yeah, just, I just don't think I, Ole Miss right now, I think it's predicted to finish. I, I see either third or fourth in the West. And I think the media predicted them fourth because for some reason people buy into AM hype that I still don't understand what they're smoking to predict AM to be back every year. And it's got to be sad. Uh, but yeah, Con, I'm going to start with you. Uh, prediction for Auburn Ole Miss? Oh, okay. So I think, I think Ole Miss comes to Jordan Hare. And I think, unfortunately, they, they beat the Auburn Tigers here. I think this is the team that you want to compare yourself to this season. I think if you get a win here, this is a great season for Hugh Freeze. Um, I think that this team's just getting a little more disrespect than they should be uh, in, in Ole Miss. I think they'll probably finish third uh, in the West. Um, I think they'll they'll beat us here uh, 41 to 29. A little fun score there. 41-29 in the Ole Miss Rebel Black Bear Land Shark favor, they're calling? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> well, Daniel, what's your prediction for this game? Um, Unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to repeat kind of what Colin said. I think that Ole Miss does take the win um, against Hugh Freeze. Um, score, that's kind of tough. Um, I think that – I just have a feeling that it's going to look a lot like the t- the 2019 meeting between these two teams. I think uh, both teams are going to struggle. So I'm going to go with a 2017 final score. All right, I just want everyone to know that since I've been alive since 2000, I've only ever seen the Ole Miss Rebels take down my Auburn Tigers one, two, three, four, five times in my lifetime. And I have not seen them beat Auburn at home since 2015. So I'm going to rock with my Auburn Tigers, who have been known to take down the Ole Miss Rebels uh, time and time and time and time and time and time again. 35 and 11 all time record against Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, and I refuse to believe that Auburn ever loses uh, more than one game in a row against the Ole Miss Rebels. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be high scoring, but I'm going to go Auburn here. I'm going to give it a nice little 41 to 38. Let's give an Alex McPherson game winning field goal. How about that? Okay. I can get behind McPherson. <laughs> I believe a lot of people can, but yeah. So I guess in my world, Auburn is now five and two, uh, and y'all, it's uh, I believe now four and four and three. Nice little four and three start to the season. Yeah. So uh, let's hope that Auburn go- gets back on an upward streak for y'all at least next week when we cover Auburn versus Mississippi State, a home game. Uh, yeah, yeah, another home game versus the Mississippi team. So Auburn is five and two for me. I will get Tar's opinion on this, so we see who's on the same page here. That way, we can have at least fifty fifty shots on on Auburn having a better record than four and three. <laughs> I just 
there's a little I've I've beef with that others with that team in Oxford, so I refuse. Uh, but in news, KJ Bolden, uh, who has already announced his commitment date, has announced what time he'll be committing. KJ Bolden will be announcing on August 5th at 6:30 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7:30 for all you Eastern folk. Uh, and that is going to be on the On3 YouTube channel. So that is going to come, a, I believe, a week after Big Cat Weekend, which is, again, this weekend. So KJ Bolden is going to take his last collegiate visit on July 26th to Auburn, Alabama. And then he's going to sit for a week, let it sit in, and then he's going to make his decision. And I think it's between... I think Florida State is the team that's up there. Auburn and Georgia are the teams I've heard about. And I think Alabama's in there as well. But I think it's like really just those two, those three that I've been hearing the most about. But, I mean, a lot of big names to hear about this week. And, again, we are – oh, not July 26th, July 29th. July 26th on Wednesday. Uh, so to tomorrow, as the show comes out, Demarcus Riddick will be announcing his commitment to either the Auburn Tigers, Alabama, or Georgia Bulldogs. So stay tuned for that. We'll definitely, if he commits to Auburn, we definitely will have a reaction video to that come out that day and then also record the show for the Thursday show as well, right after that. So, yeah. Uh, so hope and pray. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of Alabama fans talking a lot of crap about Demarcus Riddick online. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, so much so that his grandma had to go on Twitter and defend him from Bama fans. And then Bama fans decided to go in and attack his grandma. So a lot of fun things going on on X.com, also known as Twitter. But let's just leave it at that. Uh, just, I just everyone, Every Auburn fan should be just hoping and praying that DeMarcus Riddick has really sat and thought about how important he would be to the Auburn Tiger defense going into next And how sad year. his grandma is. Exactly. How sad Alabama fans have made his grandma. Because I, I think they're Bama, I think they all are Bama fans, so and it should hurt a little bit. <laughs> I did like the touch though, whenever she someone like tried to say that wasn't his grandma, so she proved it by doing all the visit pictures. She took a picture with him and then had three other pictures and it was on every single visit he went on to all three schools. So I was like even she's like kind of playing playing it safe by making sure that both all Georgia, Auburn and Alabama visits were all shown in the, in the tweet too, just so nothing can kind of gets lost in the sauce on that one. But going into the 2023 season, uh, there's a lot of players on this team that have things to prove. And we have all sat down amongst ourselves and listed out our five players who have the most to prove going into this season. And I think we're just going to go 555-444-333-222-111 just to play it like that. And Colin, I'm going to start with you. Give me your number five. So my number five, it might not be the person with the fifth most to prove, but they're going to show up and they're going to prove some people wrong. Um, Alex McPherson, um, I think it's his time to shine on the planes. Um, you know, he sat behind Anders last year until the very end of the season when Anders got uh, injured. And he came out, and he, he kind of showed what he was worth. But I think this season he's going to submit his name as a top kicker in the country. Yeah, and he is now a uh, – SEC Media predicted him as a third-team uh, all-SEC kicker. So Yeah, be I, I like first that team at the end. 
<laughs> I will say he is also on my list somewhere, but um, talk about him in a second as well. Daniel, who's your number five? I've got Nehemiah Pritchett at number five. Um, a lot of people expect him to be part of one of the best cornerback tandems in college football this year. So he's got to step it up. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. My number five is Brian Batee. A guy who is going into the season as, again, one of the top kick returners in the country. And he did it at USF, but can he do it at Auburn? And he's also, uh, I've found on three posts of this before we start recording. Uh, he is the ninth top returning rusher from last season. And he's going to have to, we saw, heard a lot about it in spring camp. Going to have to see it whenever he starts playing the Mississippi opponents. But it does beg the question, does Brian Batiste fix Auburn's woes at returning? And we'll see that a lot this year. So that's my number five. Colin, give me your number four player with the most approved. So my number four, I went with a different defensive back. I went with Keontae Scott. Um, obviously, he transferred in last season, was his first season uh, on the Plains. I feel like he came in and showed that he can make an impact in this room. And sitting behind Nehemiah Pritchett and DJ James getting all the talk, we you still need a, a third or fourth defensive back. So Keontae Scott, Jalen Simpson, I think they – have something to prove this season. I think they want to go and submit themselves as good players on a good defense and not just sitting behind DJ James and Nehemiah Pritchett. Now, Colin, do you have the entire defensive back room in your top five? I do not. Okay. Making sure. <laughs> Starting to, to be, sort of be a trend there. Uh, Daniel, give me your number four. Um, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as Colin here, but I've got Jalen Simpson. Um, he's been in the program for a few years and – like Colin said, him and um, play, playing him and Keontae Scott are playing Pine, DJ James, and Nehemiah Pritchett, who are both expected to be very, very good this season. So I think that he's got to kind of be up there and, you know, a solid depth piece if something goes wrong or just a rotational guy. I like that a lot. Uh, that's a, yeah, and his first year playing safety for a full year, too, as well. Uh, my number four. Uh, I'm going to go Nehemiah Pritchett in my number four. Uh, I liked what you said, Daniel, going into the season, a lot of, a lot of hype at the, at the, D, the DB tandem. And he's also going to a season where a, after last year, he definitely was one of the more improved players after the firing of the potato man, but can he keep it up and can he keep Kyan Lee out? And that's a nice little quote graphic for you, Colin. That's to, just to mark that down. Uh, but yeah, just can Nehemiah Pritchett uh, stay healthy? Can he stay at the number two position? Can he keep the these the rest of this just really really good defensive back room from taking his spot? And Kyan Lee is probably is I think Kyan Lee is going to be an all freshman at the end of the year. So keep an eye on that. All right, Colin, give me your number three player. So this is someone that we have already touched on, but uh. I got I got Brian Boutique. Um, obviously, just coming and transferring. Uh, you got to find your spot on this team. Um, obviously, it's going to be returning, but uh, as Hugh Freeze mentioned at SEC Media Day, he's he's seeing a lot that he likes out of out of Boutique. Um, not just returning, but in actual running the ball. He thought he was too small. Boutique's proven him wrong. So, go and prove anyone else wrong he can. I like it. Uh, Daniel, give me number three. 
Yeah, I'm going with Damari Austin here. Um, he's expected to be the number two back in a loaded running back room. So last year got a few carries, didn't not not too much of a look, but this year I expect him to really make a difference. All right, and I'm gonna my number three is a guy who's already again been touched on, Alex McPherson. You're going into a, a year, your your first full year where you don't have a Carlson since I want to say 2013 in the last year of Cody Parkey. Uh, and Alex McPherson has a brother in the NFL. He's got a lot of proof just because of the the history of the Auburn Auburn uh, kickers and just his bloodline just right there. Can he prove to be a top kicker in the league? I think he can. And I mean, dude has a freaking cannon of a leg on him. And I, I, he also has a lot of proof because he's wearing Daniel Carlson's number as well. So that also adds to the to that factor. All right. Uh, Colin, give me your number two. So my number two, someone that has not been said, I promise. Um, Camden <laughs> Brown. Camden Brown, uh, you know, he was our, our big freshman wide receiver last last year. Uh, played in 12 games, didn't had a touchdown, didn't have a whole lot. You know, it was his freshman year. I want to see a big jump his sophomore season to be like a factor in this offense. Yeah, I surprisingly do not have a wide receiver on my list. That surprised me a little bit. Daniel, who's your number two? I've got Jarquez Hunter on here, a guy who is, you know, going to be the number one guy in his respective position for the first time. Um, he's got some other things to overcome now as well, which just kind of adds to this. Like, he's really got to show up and have a big year. I like that. And plus all the drama surrounding him as well. Uh, you don't really know if he's going to even play week one, at least. Uh, but my number two, going back to the defense, I'm going to go Robert Woodyard. We've been hearing nothing but good things about Austin Keys in this in the spring camp, and that's the only linebacker we've been hearing about. Robert Woodyard has been kind of silent. He's been decent in the spring camp, but Auburn desperately needs a number two linebacker, and no one else has really been stepping up. It's Robert Woodyard's time to shine. Show us why Alabama wanted you so bad and why they were so upset why we flipped you. So I'm going to need Robert Woodyard to really step up and prove that he can be a top linebacker in this league on the Auburn Tigers. All right, Colin, who is the one player who has the most approved to you this season? Uh, okay, I'm wondering if we all have the same number one. Because it's a player that none of us have said, and I feel like it is insanely obvious, Robbie Ashford. Um, this is his <laughs> team. That's all I'm saying. I think Robbie needs to come into this season. It might be more camp, but he needs to come in and show the Auburn uh, fans that he is the guy for this team, not Peyton Thorne, not anyone else they want to bring in. He's got to show that it's his team, and that is on him. That's not on the guys coming in. It's on him as the the starter last year to prove. I like it. I like it a lot. Daniel, who's your number one player with most to prove in 2023? You know, oddly enough, I have Robbie Ashford. Um, he's got a lot to prove. Um, you know, like, he's got to prove that he hasn't been passed by, that this is still his spot, still his team, still his offense. And, you know, I just – excuse me, long day. Um, I just feel like he's got a lot to do. 
to you know, kind of keep that job. So we'll see if he can do it. Yeah, that's that is crazy because mine is also <laughs> Robbie Ashford, who I think has the most to prove in 2023. A guy who, again, I've been nothing but a truther for since uh, uh, I want to say A Day of 2021, uh, 2020, 2022, A Day. There we go, where he was the uh, best player on the on the uh, best quarterback on the field at any given time, and I've been nothing but supportive of Robbie Ashford and that he can get back to full health and he can be developed by Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery and Austin Kent. It's a guy that I think uh, quarterback play style wise that we've seen the most success out of, uh, out of Hugh Freeze quarterbacks and Philip Montgomery quarterbacks, of course, from. So, I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm not really surprised that Robbie Ashford is the number one on all of, all of our lists. I'm, I was kind of expecting at least one Peyton Thorne, but I, I like I like the full swing of of Robbie Ashford because I mean there's some betting odds out there that saying Robbie Ashford is gonna is the favorite to start. I like that a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'd bet on it, but I like that there's still hope out there for Robbie Ashford because he's the guy who I think if he develops well, he is going to turn into a very very great quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. Podcast full of Robbie truthers. <laughs> Things you love to hear. Robbie Ashford truthers everywhere. And a guy who is a big, he, he's a, he's hard on himself too. We've heard it all, all over his Twitter. He is, he hates people that doubt him. And he says, he tells them to keep doubting and he'll prove them wrong. So hopefully Robbie can do that. But we are now going to. Colin, you know what? You get to tell everybody where they can love you, find you, support you first. That's your, that's your win. Yeah, so Ooh. follow follow my Twitter uh, at Byersdorf Colin uh, B E Y E R S D O R F Colin, and then uh, tune in to my radio show, the 365 Day Grind, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. on Weekle 91.1. Daniel, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J Locke. You can catch my written work for the Auburn Wire or for 1819 News, and some pretty cool uh, new announcement coming soon. And I'm Don Lark at you boy the tank on Twitter. Thank you for staying along this long if you have been. Uh, but also make sure to go follow the card loop literally everywhere. Uh, that's Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Not MySpace X. yet. Goes to a thousand subs. X, yeah. Not saying X. Follow, <laughs> follow us on follow, X. <laughs> get us get us on MySpace if you get us to a thousand subs, and if you get us to 500 subs, Colin has to do a TikTok dance. And if but you have 15,000 subs, it's a surprise. And if you want to listen to us, of course, you have us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, and pretty much everywhere else you get your podcasts. But not Napster. What? Not Napster. Whatever that is. All right. But with all you that being said, Napster? this has been the College Loop Podcast. Oh, we both did it. We both did it at the same time. That's fine. Yeah.